people power. And now, here's your host, Phil Croshaw. Okay, so very warm welcome to this episode. Um, I'm delighted to be welcoming today Becky Shorrock from Supportability in Stockport. So a very warm welcome to the podcast, Becky. Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. Hello there. I'm Becky and I'm Head of Fundraising at Supportability. We are a disability charity based in Stockport, but we actually cover a wider area of Greater Manchester and Cheshire. We help people with learning and physical disabilities and also those on the autism spectrum. So we help people in their homes. We have a residential home and we've got a day centre along with a disability cycling club as well. Okay, so um, you've just done a rebrand. Yes. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the rebrand, what what areas you now cover, what areas you focus on, etc. Yes, yeah, so we've just rebranded um, to Supportability. We used to be called Stockport CP. We have had that name for 66 years, and it was just, um, you know, gradually kind of, becoming apparent that actually it wasn't fit for purpose anymore. The reason being is that we don't just operate in Stockport and we don't just help people with cerebral palsy or CP. So we've been through a big process, you know, going through the best names and the best branding, the best, you know, look and feel for it. And we launched it last October. So we are seeing positive results already from a sort of awareness point of view in the fact that we are wider than like I said, just Stockport and cerebral palsy. And also we've got real good feedback from our existing supporters to say it's more modern and it just looks a bit more professional now. So, yeah, very excited that it finally happened. Great. Okay, so obviously you cover disabilities, but you were saying to me earlier that um, it's more around the really severe disabilities side of things. Um, When you were talking about it, it's, again, it's not something that's in your conscious mind a lot of the time because you're just getting on with your life. But what you said to me earlier really hit home to me when you said about one particular person you mentioned has got another four or five serious ailments as well as cerebral palsy. Just talk to me just a little bit about the serious side of, of disability and just how bad it can get or tough it can get for people. Yeah, I think that disability might not necessarily be always on people's list or you know top of their agenda I suppose for charities or causes to, su- to support um and I think a lot of people don't really think about it because you might not necessarily have a experience with it you might not have a family member or you might not have a disability yourself so it's something you might not really put much thought into but actually spending time with some of the parent and carers that we help you actually see how challenging it is from a sort of day-to-day life um, you know, a lot of the services we we provide actually help parents be able to carry on working and going out actually earning money. So there's a little bit around that, I suppose, that it's not always something that people would necessarily think of straight away. Um, there's a statistic apparently about the top three sort of causes that people want to support, and that is the three C's, and that it's cancer, children, and cats. <laughs> so. Um, you know, we don't really hit any of those. I suppose we, we do. We do help some children, but we mainly help adults, I suppose. So, so even just getting away from that—that that is a sort of national 
statistic from the UK. They're the sort of top charities that people want to help. So, yeah, I suppose it's just from my point of view, trying to get people to understand a bit more about disability. And actually, it's not just necessarily somebody sat in a wheelchair and that's it. They might have lots of different things going on, lots of different um, conditions, not just ones that you might be able to see or you might not be able to see them. So, yeah, I think it's just having an awareness, really, and trying to raise that. Yeah, so I guess um, I'm thinking about the, the higher profile of some of these things that you, you just mentioned there. You know, cancer, for example, it's it's mentioned, like you say, I don't know what the statistic is, but there's something like, you know, virtually everybody knows somebody who's been impacted by cancer in some shape or form. Um Dementia, I think you mentioned before we came on air, and dementia is something that's become very, very significant in the mind of the UK as everybody talks about um, some of the challenges that we're, we're up against and the ageing population and Alzheimer's. It's, it's very common language. Is that part of the challenge that those sorts of conditions and though that terminology is in people's eyes and ears virtually all the time? Yeah, and I suppose it's thinking about the fact that, like you say, most people probably might support a charity because they're worried that they might get a condition in the future. So they might get dementia or they might get cancer or even supporting a hospice because they think actually maybe one day that might happen to them. And all those causes are obviously great causes to support and I would never say that they're not. I think it's just more there's there's things out there that, maybe might never affect you but actually they might as well so some of the people we help weren't born with their disabilities um you know things can change in a minute really you could have an accident and that could happen so I suppose it's just thinking a bit differently about about disability and and not just assuming that you you would you know everyone's someone in a wheelchair for example like I said before that oh that's just that that's what they've got and that's that's how it is sort of thing so it's a lot more complicated clearly yeah a lot more complicated and you know even just the fact that again there's a statistic that um sorry that's it <laughs> there's a statistic that people with disabilities it costs them 500 pound extra a month just for their disability so that's in itself is mm. is massive you know compared to you know if i think about my life how could I afford to live if I had to spend an extra £500 on just, you know, focusing on things like extra support or physiotherapy or having things adapted in your house? So, mm. so yeah, so it's kind of taking, in, you know, thinking about that actually as well, that you might not necessarily be financially that well off, yeah. those, you know, from their family's point of view too. So Yeah, to make this uh, podcast more authentic, I'm now going to ask you to st- say the word statistics six times in the next... <laughs> I'm terrible, aren't I? Yeah. So that's, I'm leaving that in, you see. This yeah. is what, so just in case they think I'm interviewing robots in yeah. this day and age, or it's AI is at, at hand. <laughs> yeah. Becky Shorrock is an AI robot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a real person. No, she's alive and kicking here in Manchester today. Okay, so um, obviously, like, like I suppose like most charities, you're very reliant on help from people, help from the public. Um, help from volunteers, donations, help from businesses. Just talk me through some of the ways in which you need people to get engaged with the charity to make a difference. Yeah, so we obviously, like I said, we've just rebranded. So we've got the big issue of trying to raise our profile, really, and telling people who we are. Um, 
as I said, we're an independent charity, so we don't have a massive marketing budget. So even just, you know, giving us an opportunity to come into your business, for example, and trying to pitch to be charity of the year would be an amazing opportunity. Even if we didn't get it, because then people are seeing who we are and knowing who we are for a future reference. We're always looking for businesses to get involved from a, you know, whether it's volunteering or donating some of their time, so pro bono work. So that could be someone could come into our office and help us with our IT systems or our HR or marketing or whatever it might be that you, you've got a specialist area in. Someone giving their time is really valuable to us. So, for example, we've had companies come and do um, a PR strategy for us and they gave their time for that. So that was, you know, invaluable because we won't be able to pay a PR agency to do something like that. So we're also looking for um, people to get involved with our events, really. So whether that's someone from a company point of view, so you might want to put a team in our golf day or sponsor our golf day, or you might actually just want to run the Manchester 10K for us and raise some money for us that way. We can actually get free spots in a lot of the runs and we can organise it all for you guys. Um, and any of most of the sporting events, actually. So we've been looking at Tough Mudder. We um, have got some spots in the Tour de Manc as well because we're actually involved in that this year. So we've got lots of different things going on. And we're also always looking for volunteers to help us with anything from, you know, we had people volunteering at our beer festival we were part of last year. And also just coming down to Marshall at one of the runs, for example. So any which way, we'd love really to have more volunteers out there fundraising on our behalf. So even if it was just holding a coffee morning on our behalf or doing some, you know, doing the um, three peaks, for example. So it just kind of, you know, if people wanted to do a challenge event anyway, then we would love someone to do it on our behalf. And then you've you've obviously got um, a number of events there, and I, I understand that you do have corporates that sponsor um, some of the events, or, or or part sponsor some of the events. So I guess you're also looking for more companies that are open to the idea of sponsoring some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got our golf day up coming up in September. So September the 11th it actually is. And we have a corporate sponsor for that already, ACS Construction are our main sponsor, but we've got lots of different sponsorship opportunities. So you could do something as simple as sponsoring a hole, which is less than £200, or you could be one of our you know, larger sponsors, be a, co- be a co-sponsor as well. So we've always got sponsorship opportunities. We've got you know various events coming up this year. We've, we've just been working on doing a murder mystery night as well. It's going to be coming up this year. So there could be opportunities there. So if, you know, any which way, really, um, we're actually hopefully going to be getting a new purpose-built building over the next couple of years. We're going to be fundraising towards that. So that could be a really good way for a company to come in and sponsor the sensory room, for example. And, you know, they they kind of have their name and we'll do some PR around it. So from a sort of sponsorship opportunity, there's lots of different ways people can get involved. So is it fair to say then, obviously I talk a lot with clients in terms of business development and marketing, how um, they have to really seriously develop their creativity uh, in terms of ideas and finding different things that, what I say, cut through the noise because it's very noisy. Is it fair to say it's exactly the same in the charity sector that you need to be getting more and more and more creative in the way in which you get people involved and engaged? Yeah, I'd say probably even more so just because we, 
like I said before, we don't have massive marketing budgets. We don't have huge budgets to um, spend necessarily on, you know, getting these fancy hotels for these black tie events. They just don't sort of add up from a charity our size. It just um, financially doesn't really add up. So we're having to think now different ways we can make, um, you know, bring in the money, I suppose. So we are looking at um, different ways that technology can help to do that. So, you know, we've got basic things like you can pay donate online now um which we didn't have before um <laughs> so before the rebrand and our new website and we've also just actually got new contactless collection tins so people can still put coins in there but they can actually pay by paypal now they can pay by apple pay and google pay as well so we're trying to think of ways actually to bring in more income let you know sort of low risk it doesn't cost us that much extra but actually, it's kind of moving towards where the consumer's going now, I suppose. They just want quick and easy, time poor. They just want to be able to do something quick, don't they? I, th- I think you've just hit the nail on the head. I think it's about reducing, where at all possible, any kind of friction in terms of time or even things they've got to think about. Mm. You know, um, I thought it was very interesting what McDonald's now do, where... They ask you, I don't know if you've seen this, but on the on the big screens that they have in there now that, that you order from, they'll say, Do you want to do you want to round this up? Because this is going to cost six pounds ninety-three. Do you want it to round it up to seven quid for our charity? I thought that was very, very, very clever. Yeah. Because um, you know, they're asking for seven P or ten P, but if they're doing that five million times a day <laughs> across the UK that's a lot of money for 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 charity, isn't it? Is and it's easy because you just press the button to say yes, fine, okay, whatever. Yeah, that is a great idea. I haven't actually been to McDonald's for a while because I'm trying to be good. <laughs> Got a holiday coming up, um, but that is an actually brilliant idea. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's just you know you see now even with concert tickets, they always say do you want to add a pound on to this charity and I did it the other day. I booked something on Skiddle and just clicked yeah. To be honest, I didn't even really look at the charity. I just like, yeah, that sounds good. Made, made me feel a bit better, you know. There you go, an extra pound for it. So we are speaking with businesses that are that want to do that. So local restaurants, shops, you know, people that want to want to help a charity, but actually, it doesn't really cost them anything. It's just a another way for us to get our name out there. Um, a lot of the national charities are already doing that, so that's kind of sometimes a challenge for us because we're a because we are a smaller local charity. Sometimes you're going to a you know, restaurant chain, and they're already supporting a national, so you don't really, you don't really have the chance, the opportunity to do that. So, great. Now, something that we, I suppose, if you like, kind of have in common is this whole area of employee engagement. And um, as we've discussed, you know, a geeky group is quite heavily involved now, more and more around the northwest in employee engagement. We we produce the Northwest Employ- Employment Group. Um, we produce their podcast and as I've mentioned to you, I do some speaking for them at events and coincidentally, when we were chatting about it, it became clear and I'd never really thought of it before that being involved with charity work is a really good way of getting people in companies more engaged. And I'd never thought of it before until you mentioned it. So just talk me through why that's the case and how that tends to work. Yeah. So there is a lot of evidence out there now that, you know, from sort of staff um, questionnaires, for example, and research that 
people are looking for a bit more now from their job. They don't just want to come in and do nine to five. Yeah, they might get a good pay package. They might get good holidays, but they want more because I think people are becoming more aware of social impact. Now, obviously, the environment's, you know, massively on the the agenda at the mm, moment, yeah. um, which is amazing. Um, but I think people want to give something back to their community and also their local community. So obviously I've just mentioned about national charities, which are, again, they're all really good causes, but I think a lot more companies now are starting to realise that if they work with a local charity, not only can they see the impact straight away and actually know where the money's going, but their staff are going to be more engaged if they're working with a charity that actually they they live in that community or they work in that community. So from that point of view, working with a charity, you know, is a sort of, an easy one really to do. Um, it also really helps with, you know, if, if you give a staff member the chance to volunteer to go to an event or we, we had a company last year volunteering and they came and renovated our sensory room, our day centre. And actually I could see firsthand the engagement that, that that team had. So they were all from different departments. They all came together. They all got to know each other that day from a team building point of view. It was great because they were all really happy. They had loads of pictures taken. They put it all over their social media. And actually, we had a really nice story. Um, one of the one of the ladies who attended the volunteering got chatting to one of our service users who's a huge football fan, a Liverpool fan, and she was a Liverpool fan, so she had this great chat with him, really clicked with him throughout the day. Um, and then the next day, she contacted the charity and said, I went home, told my mum what an amazing day we'd had, and she said, oh, my God, you know, we need to donate to the charity. And her mum donated £100. And that was just, that was amazing. You know, she's actually mm-hmm. got so much from that from a personal point of view. And actually, you can't put a value on that from how she got that experience through her employer. And that, that made, they made that happen. Um, also from a, you know, developing different skills, leadership skills. You know, there was definitely a, le- a clear leader in that group who was, you know, sort of telling everybody what, what they need to do and guiding people. So there's all those skills that people can learn. And then also from a sort of recruitment and retention of staff is really, really key because there's actually a statistic. <laughs> Another four to go. <clears throat> Another four to go. Um, I should just stop saying it. So there's evidence out there that um, millennials are now actively looking for employers that have CSR, so, you know, social responsibility, and offer things like volunteering days. And actually, 70% of the workforce in the next five years is going to, make, it's going to be made up of millennials. So companies actually need to realise that they need to do something to, you know, get these people in, in the door, really, and develop them. So, and obviously a retention point of view, if your staff are happier, they're more likely to want to stay. They're going to work harder. It's going to affect your bottom line, really, isn't it? So there's loads of different benefits, really, from a sort of staff engagement point of view. One thing I would say from a staff point of view is also get them involved in the decision-making of the charity that you work with. Get people to vote or get the charity to come in and pitch in front of the staff because it makes it fair to the charities then because some of the smaller charities or less-known charities don't always get that opportunity they might get circulated on an email and if they've not heard of you, you're not going to get a vote. 
it's, that does happen with us, to be honest. Sometimes it's happened a few on a few occasions. Whereas, I think if we'd had the opportunity to go in and actually tell people who we were and meet the staff, it would have had a different outcome. Yeah, I mean that's very interesting. That, and I think that that actually is yet again that's about people engagement, isn't it? That's about you engaging with the people mm. rather than, you know, and we were talking earlier about my views about how obviously at Geeky we have heavily involved in audio and video, using audio and video to develop engagement and to develop um, a buy-in and, and engagement with even with consumers in a marketing context. And um, there's very little doubt in my mind that audio and video does take you to a whole new level when it comes to getting engagement from people because seeing and hearing people talking about things have much more of an impact than a picture or text. Yep. So, and I think what you're talking about there is true. It's, it's engaging with, with people. Um, in fact, even the training that we do very quite often, people will say, Oh, I wasn't going to come to this cause I'm so busy. I've got so much work on, but I thought, Oh, well I've booked on it. I suppose I'll go. Then when you engage with them and they actually experience it, they say, I didn't really know what to expect, but it was absolutely fabulous. I loved it. I was way outside my comfort zone. When you got that camera out and started looking like you're going to point it at me, I nearly ran out the door, <laughs> you, you know, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so it so often is about the engagement with people is is that that key element that drives everything forward as opposed to the picture or the text or the screen that just doesn't have the same impact does it really yeah absolutely because i think a lot of time you've got to from a sort of corporate point of view you've got to also gel with the charity you might have the you know you might have a cause that you think oh god i really want to support them but then when you meet the team you don't gel or they don't have the same values you know as an organization as you then i think that's really important too um that's why it's good to get face to face and have that opportunity to meet people because you on a staff vote, for example, where it's just been an email sent around and you've not met the fundraising team or the people you're going to be dealing with on a regular basis, you don't know you don't know those people. So I think that's really important. And I think it's really important that um, a company chooses a charity in a strategic way as well. So work with a charity that does align with your values and, you know, what sort of outcomes you expect from working with a charity is, is something that's really important as well. So whether it's focusing on staff engagement or whether it's just, you know, some companies do it because they need to do it from a sort of CSR point of view. You know, a lot of um, in sort of the construction industry, for example, a lot of tenders now, they have to have CSR as, you know, a tick box, obviously. Well, that's interesting. With, yeah, yeah, so working with the yeah. charity is, yeah. is part of that. Obviously, CSR is wider. It's about your environmental impact as well. So there's all those, those elements that people, you know, need to kind of consider, I suppose, when they're working with a charity. So yeah, it's just something to bear in mind, really. Fascinating stuff. Okay, um, I think we've covered most things that we we were wanted to talk about today. Um, I guess the the final thing then is how do people get in touch with you? How do people check you out? How do people engage with you and or the charity? Yeah. So, um, well, like I said, you can visit our website, and I'm assuming that we'll be able to put that on link with the uh, with the podcast so it's um supportability.org.uk my name's becky shorrock i'm on linkedin as well people can find me on there and yeah if you if you want to 
get in touch, then I can just come and have a chat with you really and just see as to what your objectives are. It might be that actually staff engagement isn't top of your list, but you just want some brand brand exposure, some PR. That's fine. You know, we can we can work with you to you know meet your objectives really, and how, how we can work with you on that. Yeah, I guess it's, it's guess it's far, always finding the win wins, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. you know, you, you want to you want to tap into the heartstrings, but I think more and more now everybody's so busy living or busy being busy is yeah. something that's said to me the other week. Yeah. And I think it's true they're busy being busy. So I think um, where there's clearly a, a benefit and an opportunity, and especially in the corporate where, you know, the finance director is looking at uh, what's going out and what's being done from a financial point of view, the win for the company or the win for the entity, apart from feeling good, is always going to add another level of justification to it, I think, isn't it? Just the reality of the the world we live in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we understand that. We understand that people, you know, companies who work with us have got to get something from the partnership as well. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it could be all those things I've just talked about, but you can also get tax relief from working with a charity. So if you are a limited company, you can get tax relief on your corporation tax from charity donations or sponsoring events. So... There's loads of different ways actually it does work for a company and, and I would hope that that's not the only reason why people would want to work with a charity, but it's an added bonus as well. Well, I think sometimes it's about how do you get them over the line because there's so much things vying for their attention and vying for their, um, for their time. Um, if the, if the, if the, it might just be that the tipping point is the fact that there is a tax opportunity, it's not necessarily they're going to be, oh, there's a tax opportunity, we'll definitely do it. Yeah. <laughs> but it might just be enough to think, oh, well, that's an added value, that's an added benefit, let's let's go and do it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. so I think it's, it's almost like a sum of the parts, isn't it, yeah. that drive the engagement. Yeah. So it's all the different things together that justify that putting the time and the effort in. Yeah, and also it doesn't have to just be the larger corporates, you know, when I'm saying corporate, I'm sort of talking about businesses, really. Yeah, yeah. Smaller yeah. businesses, medium size. It doesn't have to be just, it doesn't have to be just this big corporate that, you know, focuses on CSR. It yeah. could be anybody. It could be someone who's got their own business. Yeah. Just one person, you know, they can still benefit from from this in different ways. So, well, I think that's very true. And certainly on the employee engagement front, if you've got 10, 20, 30, 40 people, yeah. you still have the same challenges what can we do that's worthwhile that makes a difference that will make people want to do something else other than come in at nine o'clock using that loosely, but come in at nine o'clock, do the job and then go home at five o'clock. Yeah. And I think anything that gets them more engaged with the business and feeling that they're working for a company that's not just a money making thing that will just buy the owner another Ferrari um, has got to be a good thing. Yeah. And I and I agree with you. I think there's an there is an awakening. I think it's fair to say at the moment that um, there is more to life than just cash. Yeah. Um, and I think that's definitely true. And I think it's um, as you, as we mentioned, the environment is a big one. Um, that's probably conversations that are being had now. Um, I'm not personally a big green peace kind of guy. I never have been, but. I still was absolutely aghast and shocked when I see the plastic all washing up on some of these amazingly beautiful parts of the Pacific, of some of which I've been to when I was travelling a few years ago. And um, it was quite shocking, I have to say. Um, bit of a, an eye-opener, an awakening. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks ever so much for joining me today, Becky. Really enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of food for thought there. Um, I'm not editing out statistic, just so you're just so you're aware. I can usually say it. Yeah, well, but... yeah. I'm just. It can't be done. It's got to be authentic and prove that you you weren't just a, an artificial intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Ben. Right. Well, thanks for joining me today, and uh, hopefully you'll join us again soon for more chit chat. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.